Hey there, my name is Vosh. I live stream on YouTube and Twitch, and sometimes I even upload the good bits. This is Previously Live. I wanted to talk about, like, I heard you talking about reparations. Um, oh, first, let me say my name. I'm a yeah. nobody, by the way. But um, nobody's my nobody. name's Bam. Uh, I was about to say, yeah, I go by Bam. That can either mean Black American made or by any means, depending on who you ask. It's been a nickname since I was little. Um, yeah, this I'm just a guy who likes politics probably more than the average person. And yeah, that's pretty much me. Nice. So well, happy to have you here. Your cam blacked out, by the way. It uh, did. Oh crap! Hold on. Let me. If, if, if it's a fu oh, there you go. Hello. Yeah. Welcome Sorry. Back. If it does again, then I'll worry about it. My Ain't bad. nothing. Don't worry but, about it. Well, thank you for coming yeah. on. Yeah, hit me up. What um, what specifically did you take issue with? Um. The okay, so there was to help. Tell, tell me if I'm like. Um, saying and quoting you incorrectly, mm -hmm. but basically, um, your take on reparations is that you support it morally, but you find it completely unpragmatic to do so. Race-based reparations, yeah. I don't know if right, there's specifically. Yeah, I don't know if there's a way, like logistically, to ever get those out. If I could like snap my fingers and allocate resources in that way, then I think it'd be doable. You know, I think that'd be a good thing to do. But mm -hmm. in a pragmatic sense, it seems like any kind of race-based legislation is going to lead to, at best, an unfathomable amount of social conflict. And at worst, it's just going to completely break down, you know? So I don't think that's necessarily the case because, like, we have, like, historical context um, showing of other forms of reparations, specifically with the Native Americans and with the um, Asian Americans. Both of, neither of these reparations were ideal. But like we do have historical context showing that race-based reparations can be done, and also um, th this isn't really an American sense, but also like obviously uh, Germany with the Jews and U.S. helped with the negotiations for that. So um, I think um, my think my take particularly is that it's not necessarily about race; it's about um, a shared experience in America. So specifically, um, black identifying descendants of slavery which let me just clarify i don't know i'm i don't know how many black spaces you deal with there's a group on twitter and like out in the sphere called ados never listen to them they are super super xenophobic they do not represent necessarily what i'm talking about bringing to the table right now but there is like these these are the people who um sort of are fighting the fight for this movement right now and yeah. There's there is some validity to it, but I don't want to like have myself tied in with them because it's like different. Yeah, well, there are always going to be like bad faith actors on this end of things, I guess. Right. So to me, like the categorical differences would be as such. Right. First mm -hmm. of all, we're dealing with a very large number of people. There are tens of millions of Black Americans whose um, ancestry can be traced back to slavery. We're dealing with mm -hmm. a pretty large temporal uh, barrier. Because slavery, of course, was like 150 years ago, meaning that there's going to be some logistical effort in summoning the documents necessary to prove anything to a government office. Whereas in the case mm -hmm. of like Native Americans who have been categorically separated from America, broader American life for a long time, 
or in the case with the Jews in post-Nazi Germany, where it was something that had just happened. And conveniently, I guess, there was a pre-existing government, you know, uh, system for categorizing, classifying, and distinguishing Jewish people from the rest of the population. There was already kind of the infrastructure for determining who would receive reparations in those cases. But with black Americans, it'd be like a huge logistical endeavor for a very large number of people, you know? And it's also a national will thing, you know? With, with, with the Jews in Germany, like Germany, the German government was, was, was apoplectic after World War II. I mean, after the government had been crashed and built back up and everything, they were exceedingly apologetic. There was a great national will to make amends, basically. But honestly, I think most Americans today would see any kind of race-based reparations as like cucked SJW idpol identity politics, you know, I know poor white people, why aren't they getting their check, that kind of thing. I don't think there's a national will for it. So it seems logistically and politically difficult, you know? Mm, I, see, the thing is, I don't disagree with any of that. I, I do believe it would be difficult, but I don't think that that should change the way we principally hold the position. Because, like, if we were, if we drew lines on, like, if we were hardline pragmatists, I don't think that, I don't think that you could, like, hold a position like you being a socialist. I also don't believe that we could, um, die on the hill of certain trans rights. And I don't know, I'm pro all of these things, but I'm just saying, like, uh, I'm just saying for perspective, like, if, if you want to do a poll on, like, the non-binary community in the United States, I'm sure they wouldn't poll well, but that doesn't mean that, like, advocating for what's ethically right, like, we shouldn't do so because, like, it's going to, I don't know, um, piss some white people off or the greater Americans. Let me, like, not um stigmatized sure but I, I guess i just don't see a path forward you know oh wait are you still mm -hmm. there dang it, it it's oh it's, it's okay yeah. you, know, you know the periods between the cam going blank are lovely so it's okay it balances out good in the end um <laughs> the um you, no no i i understand what you mean i'm not saying this is something we should abandon like just on account of it being difficult to politically implement it's like a collection of problems that make it seem almost like almost impossible. I don't even know where we would start. Like politically, this isn't something that's going to go through right now, but let's say we could, what would we do? Would this be like cash based? And then you have to ask, um, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I'm specifically, I'm there depending on who you, um, depending on like who you ask, like there's Ta-Nehisi Coates, there's, um, William, D uh, Danity, like, um, they they advocate for cash payments like i don't necessarily believe that that's again because i am a pragmatist i'm not an idealist i don't believe that that's like an a realistic way or even the most beneficial way of um handling issues like this like specifically the first step to any of this before we even figure out any of these questions is like hr 40. it is like just being able to do the studies and being able to figure out what is the best way to go forward what is the dollar amount because like, although, like, I talk about this issue pretty often, I'm not even close to, like, qualified to, like, um, give all of those necessarily specifics. But I do believe that um, reparations should be handed out on uh, on mostly a community, uh, mostly a community engagement, like, um, predominant, in predominantly Black areas, which if there's people of other races who happen to live in those towns, like, that also benefit from, like, the community um being invested in like then that's good but i think there should also be like a secondary level of benefits um specifically for those who can prove um 
prove, prove lineage. And it doesn't even necessarily have to prove lineage because if you look at most um, African immigrants and like Caribbean immigrants in America, you're going to see predominantly at like first through third generation people. So if you happen to be an eighth generation um, African or Caribbean immigrant who's been in America since 1875, then I'm okay with you slipping through the cracks at that point. Like, because I don't want to let perfection be the enemy of good. Um, but I do believe, um, yeah, the secondary benefits could be um, things like tax credits, things like um, levels of scholarship, um, things like um, uh, preferential loans, just um, those general sort of things that people could go qualify for based off of specifically their racial lineage. Yeah, I just, oh man. Because, so I, I don't disagree with any of this in principle. There are something here, some things here that I directly agree with. Um, I'm not a big fan of cash payments. I think that infrastructural and institutional investment are always going to be better. Even if they're less convenient immediately, they sort of mend the gap with time, which is infinitely more important. If you don't fix any of the underlying systems in this country, the way our economy works, the way money flows, you could give black people all the money in the world, but it's all going to end up in the same white institutions like that, you know, that it was broadly taken from. Because if white people control the economy, and largely um, it's white people who have the educational and academic access to all the, you know, halls of power from which money is taken, then at the end of the day, I mean, it all just cycles back down the drain. Um, so the institutional investment seems better. I just wonder, like, man, so, so you, you would agree with me. I mean, if we can agree on pragmatism, at the very least, you would agree that, like, any kind of targeted race-based reparations program is going to be, at least to a large number of Americans, political poison, right? Like, it's going to be unbelievably... So, I don't just mean that with regards to reparations as a concept, because I think you could sell that in some ways, but the idea of, like, you get benefits if you can prove your lineage, like, that directly, like, that is going to be incredibly difficult to move through. And when I think of how difficult that would be, like what an incredible obstacle that would be to overcome, I can't help but wonder if there's a path of least resistance. Is it possible to get the same fundamental benefits without incurring anywhere near that level of animosity? And I wonder if just a broad, like infrastructural, like New Deal type situ situation would be the way to do that, you know? It doesn't really address the moral problem, but it solves a lot of pragmatic ones, and it could feel like a a national project we could all get behind rather than like we have to pay money because we're sorry for what happened to black people, which mind you, we should, but it's going to feel very differently in the sort of collective consciousness of Americans. Mm -hmm. See, uh, I actually, um, I'm, I'm, I, as far as my priorities, I think poverty is a way more, a way higher priority on the list, like ending poverty. Um, so like, although I'm in, absolutely in favor of what you're saying, I think the reparations is just something different and reparations isn't like depending on again this is also goes depending on who you ask people frame reparations as like some sort of like apology like you know you did something bad so now you have to make up for it i don't that's not where reparation comes from for me reparations is specifically like a debt oh it's the it's lincoln's promise that has yet to be paid the 40 acres and the mule i'm sure you've heard of all of this and this is um this is a, like this is specifically like even if we ended poverty tomorrow that would still be something that i believe is specifically owed to black identifying descendants of slaves and the reason why like 
I'm in I although like I said, I'm not saying it wouldn't would be easy to like prove all of these things, but because and this is just me speaking anecdotally from like my experience with black people my entire life. Mm -hmm. Um the re because we lost one history um before like being brought over here, black people as a whole generally hold this new history very close to home. So like it, the average black person can track their identity, even if they like were a part of the Great Migration, they can still track a lot of their family lineage back to like for I mean, I myself personally, my family still lives on the the land that we were owned on as slaves. We my um great great grandfather was a sharecropper was well my great great grandfather was born a slave on born a slave and then like in eighteen I think he wasn't freed in eighteen sixty four. He was freed like a year later and became a sharecropper on that land and um over time started buying up the land and now my family still like we're farmers on the land that we were enslaved on so i and i know that's just my personal experience but like from other a lot of other black people i know of like they do have these records they do have this history and i think hr 40 would prove that oh yeah i'm not um speaking against hr 40 at all so i think so i i guess then my question to you would be this so we have two different things we want to do you know we want mm -hmm. to address systemic inequality obvious i would i'd hope we both believe that and we also need to pay our debts. So the question then would be, if we could somehow snap our fingers and through some kind of miraculous race-blind policy address systemic inequality, I mean, somehow we could do it. Maybe it takes a century, whatever. And there is functionally no more racism in this country. It is abolished in terms of access to education, employment, power, everything. We're all on an equal playing field. But we never paid that debt. Would you believe if we built that world, a debt would still be owed? Or do you think we would have just paid the debt in, in an unconventional way through, through non-targeted policies? We would have alleviated the need for that debt to be paid. Um, to me personally, uh, I believe that that debt still exists. And it, this, again, like, I don't, the numbers out there and the like people have talked in the ballparks of 20 plus trillion dollars i believe these numbers are unreasonable and like unrealistic and unreasonable but i do believe that the debt being old can change the the level of debt can change depending on the conditions like of people in the country um i don't want to um remove that factor so like in this like anti like you know zero racism world where like poverty you know things are wiped out the debt is different in in this society but i still believe that there should be i, I still believe that there would be a debt and that's something earlier you mentioned you we're speaking on like the optics of it which is you know it's a like it is a reality i'm not it's not something that we can ignore or push back on but i think as far as like black people i couldn't imagine the optics of West Virginia coal miners receiving reparations in regards to slavery or Kentucky, like what that would, how that the black community would react to something like That's that. That's true. Like, it's like, yeah, we got our reparations bill through and here's all the Appalachian coal miners getting there. And here's, and here's every rural white community in the, in the Bible belt getting there. No, no, I, I know. I completely get that. Yeah. It, it seems like it's an optics nightmare, no matter which direction you take it. Mm-hmm. Oh so, god. No, no, I, yeah. I totally get it. I get I guess it's really like what 
kind of moral weight you place on the concept of the debt needing to be paid through like race targeted measures, you know, because you could make the argument like, I, like I'm going to, I'm going to trivialize this somewhat, but like reducing the analogy down to something a bit more manageable. But like in my mind, if like, if, if I owe a person $10, you know, um, and then like, I don't pay it. They're like, yeah, you got to pay it. I'm like, yeah, I'll pay it. But then I like, drive them to and from the airport on an emergency and then i like pet sit for them or something like that and later they're like you still owe me my ten dollars i would wonder like empirically yeah that's true that's that didn't change or anything but i'd wonder if there was a social utility to ignoring that debt prior or in other terms if we had a society with no racism there would be almost no way to view the payment of that debt as anything other than like black privilege in a way like, we have a perfectly equal society, it's been 250 years since slavery, and now we're gonna, you know, now now we're gonna elevate you out of, out of like, a quarter-millennial debt. And I don't think mm -hmm. there's necessarily anything wrong with that morally. Like, debts don't disappear over time. Legally, that's true. There have been debts that have been paid out hundreds of years after the death of the original debtor and debtee, you know? So, in a legal and moral sense, there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. It just seems to me like the better things are, the less of a political priority that becomes. You said the type of debt would change. Like maybe, how, how do you imagine it would change if things were ameliorated in other ways? Sorry, am I getting too dark or am I fine? I was about to uh, say, I know it's the you, you're time darkening, You're darkening increasingly. It's only making you more <laughs> mysterious. People respect you for it. Don't worry. Okay, well, I'll, I'll just ride it out. If it gets too black, let me know and I'll cut on the backlight, even though... Who knows what'll happen then? Um, the, I think that like the so what the what the debt like what the debt seeks to do again like I don't believe the I, as I stated earlier I don't think reparations is an anti-poverty bill I think that that's something separate I think that anti-poverty is like more a larger priority but I don't think that um, like I said I just think see that to being something separate from reparations um, as a concept and if but at the same time, if we like, if we were to do reparations today, which is obviously isn't going to happen, I think that it would be, it we would need to see like a necessarily, it, it would seek to see a necessary improvement of people's material, black people, or black identifying descendants of slaves, which is a, I have to say the whole thing because it's like a very specific thing. It's not all black people. It's not all descendants of slaves, like it's black identifying descendants of slaves. Sorry, it's the thing. But um it would if we're if you're going to do something and it's going to have like a meaningful it's going to be respected by the community, I think it would have to change people's material conditions if you wanted to do something like that in the framework in, in today's society. Because if you say like, oh okay, we're giving all black people twenty dollars, like because we owe them a debt. Well, that doesn't change anything. That doesn't fix anything. So like yeah. at, the black community as a whole wouldn't respect it as actual reparations. But um, if in in an ideal society where there these things don't happen, like where people's material conditions aren't necessarily um, in disarray, like people aren't struggling to survive, then I think people would be more understanding, more accepting of less, you know? Yeah, no, no, yeah. I, I think I agree with that. Um, so, so to you, the fixing systemic racism and the debt owed and reparations mm -hmm. are, are, are two adjacent, but not identical issues that right. even if reparations didn't fix, uh, 
racial economic inequality, even if it wasn't that good at doing so, there's a mm. meaningful, symbolic and pragmatic need to do that, and also a need to address systemic racism through whatever means necessary, but that is something that needs to be owed. Is that correct? Correct, yes. Because, because, because reparations is reparations is the like America can you know a president can come out and say like you know we own slaves but like reparations is the one like is the official acknowledgement of the reality and the history yeah. of people in this country like if it's it's nice to say something but like to say that to, when, once you put it on paper like I oh, know we owe you for this then it's real and I believe that's a necessary step to get to those other things too like I think a society a society without racism is a society that's like or uh, you know, it's a state that's done the job of taking um, taking responsibility for its history. Yeah, no, I understand. I feel like in in terms of what I would fight for or the priorities I would consider, I would always. I'm sorry, I'm going to call my light real quick. I feel like I'm. Uh, it's okay. It I've been turning up your brightness on my end the whole time, so you're. Oh, oh. Well, now I'm going to have to turn down. As okay. Oh crap! Is this light weird? Oh, no, you uh, you look good. Uh, okay. all right, hold on. There we go. Okay, I had I had adjusted some settings on my end, but yeah, that, we'll go with that. Um, okay. <clears throat> so I guess in terms of in terms of my priorities, I, I guess I would always, when when talking with conservatives or when looking towards solutions to these problems, I feel like I am always going to look first and foremost towards solutions to systemic poverty with the debt owed being a secondary priority that, I mean, that's entirely a product of my bias. I recognize that. I think that when, when I think of like, what are the things that I care about? What are the things that I want to fight for? What are the, what are the topics in a discussion I want to expend energy defending? It will always be whatever I think would be the best approach to addressing systemic racism over the moral need to pay back that debt. But I think I can respect the idea that they're two separate, well, similar, adjacent, but separate things that both need to be fought for in their own rights. I think I understand that. Um, mm -hmm. Let me think for a second. I think one, one of the big fears that I have, this is, this is something that's, this keeps me up at night, okay? This is a, a great terror for me. Um, one, of the, one of the fears that I have is the idea that, you know how um, racist folk are always using the the poverty of black people as a sort of self-reinforcing mechanism to justify their continued poverty like we live in a meritocracy so if black people are poor that must be because they suck like that kind of thing you know the thing right. that worries me is that if you have like a, a targeted reparations program that alleviates that burden in some way um you might have a situation where black people are for a time receiving legal privileges that nobody else is receiving, which I mean, that'd be the point of reparations. But because mm -hmm. the underlying mechanisms aren't resolved, the underlying economic and political systems that cause that poverty, they would continue to be disadvantaged. And that feels like it'd be ammunition for a ton of people on the right. Like, oh, look at this. The liberals wanted to give black people money for being black because they're great, 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 etc grandparents were slaves or whatever and they're still poor and it would be it would turn into this big thing you know like this we gave them two shots now and it would be totally disingenuous of course i mean obviously it's a bad argument but i can't help but think that 
that would dominate the news cycles for a long, long time. It would like put a put a stain on the entire program, you know. Um, no, I think what you I think what you said is is completely right. Um, reparations without addressing the systemic racism all still also doesn't solve the larger problem. Like it is a it is a both and and yeah, it's a both and and like again, so I think there's priorities. I think systemic racism is like addressing systemic racism is a higher priority. I believe that um, ending poverty is also a high priority. Reparations is something I advocate for as a principle, but as a principle. And, but that doesn't mean that it is my top number one priority. And that sound comes off crazy to a lot of black people, but it, um, I, I, I think, like I said, I don't think it, reparations is about, um, Again, I don't I don't associate it with poverty. I don't associate it with even helping black people. I just believe that it is its own moral issue that if we I'm not sure. Like uh, even going back to your analogy earlier about like the friend who who owes you ten dollars. I mean, yet you owe your friend ten dollars. It it would be one thing if you gave them a ride, like if you, you know, specifically targeted and gave them a ride to the airport or to the mall or wherever they needed to go. But if they, if you said, hey, I'm going to the mall and then you want to come and they ride with you and then you say, dude, I gave you a ride to the mall. Like it, it that wasn't for me. You you did that for, yeah. you know, you did that to benefit yourself. And I just happened to also be there. You know, it, I, I feel like that's sort of backhandish. Yeah, no, no, that's totally true. Yeah. And people do that in interpersonal mm -hmm. relationships, you know, like they'll try to get out of burdens by making themselves useful in other ways um in, right. sort of in ways that, that like they benefit to them not you know like i did that thing for you that no one asked you to do and you know like i don't know this is that's his own issue but um so i have i have one more question for you i guess in, in a matter of pragmatics mm -hmm. so how would you implement the reparations if possible and the reason i have to be specific on this is because so affirmative action uh obviously has sort of a mixed history in this country in terms of Ooh, i wanted to talk about that I'm yeah glad you said that. sorry for cutting you off not only in reception but also in practice the biggest beneficiaries of of uh, affirmative action are white women um but right. even if you were to take that away and let's say we're just looking at like the racial element of it you know um there have been some negative effects associated with that type of legal privileging for example uh lowering admission requirements for POC students, which some schools have done for, for I, I guess, uh, you know, experiment's sake of nothing else. And the problem is, is that you're not really fundamentally addressing anything at the ground level. You're just kind of making up for it by widening the net at the end. And what this leads mm -hmm. to invariably, since you're lowering your admission standards, is that more people end up flunking out. More POC students end up flunking out. And that ends up contributing towards some of the statistics that are used to malign people of color, because it's like, Oh, you know, we lowered the admission requirements and they have a disproportionate weight of dropping out. Well, of course. Well, well yeah, of course, obviously that's what's going to happen, but it doesn't seem to, not only does it not fix the problem, it seems to exacerbate the statistics that make evident the problem, if that makes any sense, mm -hmm. you know? Um, yeah, I think, um, um, well, the biggest point you already acknowledged, um, affirmative action is something that like it predominantly benefits white women, but also like all of the negatives every time a black person is in a position of like power has any position like it 
society treats them as if they didn't earn it, even though like we're not yeah. even necessarily see, getting the benefit from that, from that, which kind of is the kind of is potentially one of my worries of um, some type of any type of like universal reparation program, because like it, it, you would say like, oh, you know, like it's we're going to give everyone, you know, everyone's going to get the right amount of funds. But in any society, like funds are always like limited. And I've, I don't know, I, I can just see so many ways where like the, you know, 10 poor states are all Republican states and don't there are a lot of black people in Republican states. Don't get me wrong. But like I can see where, you know, large chunks of the money are going through to Kentucky and Nebraska and Iowa and Wyoming and West Virginia. Like these places just happen to be, you know, per capita, the poorest places. And now white people are getting being the, the largest benefactors because like, oh, black people in Philadelphia, you know, there are poor black people in Philadelphia, but Philadelphia as a whole isn't a poor city. So they're, you know, their cuts are different. I don't know. It, they always find ways in these things if you give them opportunities to. Um, it just historically speaking, that seems to be how that's went. But um, sorry, I went on that little rant. What was the second part of the? Oh, about colleges. Um, I just, I, it's, I it, do, it, it, yeah, it seems like targeted privileging often leads to the worsening of some metrics that that may actually contribute to the problem. You know? Oh yeah, I I think that that. I think that it, there's definitely some validity to that. That's what the um, studies seem to show in this, like in that specific regard. Um, uh, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't necessarily be in favor of removing those programs. I just think they should be a separate allocation, like because the framing always gets like whenever a black kid gets into a school, like oh, it was affirmative action case, and you know the Asian kid didn't like. He took the Asian kid seat, or he took someone else's seat. Yeah, which I don't think is, of I don't think that's a fair framing of the situation. I believe that there should be like, you know, like the school has like the number of people it is supposed to let in through like the normal means, and then you can have like an extra, you know, fifty, sixty seats for people who, you know, come from like a different sets of conditions. And I don't think that it should necessarily be. Um, lower lower qualified but like it could be people who meet the qualifications but you know if you can only accept so many people you can make an you know make an extra effort to get some people like to have like a few slots allocated like separate from the other i feel like what you'd really need is a hook right i mean what if you Mm -hmm. had it like um what if you had it so that um uh universities would get some kind of tax credit or some other kind of federal funding benefit if they had um programs that reached out to like um historically black communities like their high schools Mm -hmm. and stuff and they tried to find what because if you just try to scoop people up at the end maybe that's too late you know you've already had the effect of an on average worse educational experience but maybe you could get in some extracurriculars you can otherwise subsidize some way of building a bridge between the accessibility of higher academia and the generally significantly worse schooling black kids have to go to in america you know yeah Stuff definitely like which i also wanted to say that like that although that's something i'm also in favor of like i'm 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 in principle a really big um advocate for hbcus as a concept not 
not because I'm like a black separatist and like, you know, think there's like like black people being separated from the rest of society. I just believe that these institutions, um, I, like to black people, it's sort of our beacons that I mean, we, we already look to have. As, like historically white universities, we just don't call them that, right? <laughs> Exactly. There are yeah. a ton of institutions that are basically in all but name historically white this, historically white that. As long as nobody's being blocked from attending because of their race. That's the one thing I'll never abide. If a white mm -hmm. kid really wants to go to a, a historically black college, then fucking Godspeed, you know. It's not like, yeah. given, given the demographic trends in this country, I doubt that historically black colleges are going to like get more funding and then all the white kids are going to go there and then the black kids will have to go somewhere else i don't think we're going to gentrify black colleges so i'm not that yeah, worried no. about the the outcomes of that but no it's it's true as long as people have the freedom to go where they want um in 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 the in the absolute text of things then i'm totally okay with that plus mm, i mean yeah, i'm just really in favor of like increasing the funding overall for, for these universities which it seems like we're we're starting to do I, I, we're not at the num at a number that i think uh is good shit, but like, you know, like I, I'll take everyone I can get in, in that yeah. direction. God, it's so frustrating because this feels like something that could be really interesting to explore sociologically if the whole country was willing to act in good faith, you know? But mm -hmm. I don't think they are. I mean, I know they're not, obviously. Um, it's also a matter of how much money would be allocated to the project, right? If you, t I, I wonder what the bill on that would be. We have plenty of federal money we could be spending that we're not. I want trillions spent on infrastructure and civic reinvestment. But if it came to like a reparations package, how much would be so much that people would feel like there's some legitimacy to complaints behind? Like, for example, if a reparations package was like five trillion dollars, that would be I mean, at that point that you're you're meaningfully denting the ability for the government to do other things and people are going to be mad no matter how well executed that program is. That's obviously mm. a ridiculously high number. Um, though, remember earlier when you said 20 trillion was an estimate some people throw out for like damages owed? Right. Yeah, the number that I got when I did some math on my own, given some very basic um, interest like established in other cases of comparable significance, would have been in the hundreds of trillions. It would have bankrupted the world. So we're dealing right. with a pretty substantial debt here. I just want yeah. like like what the sweet spot on that is. How how well could you do the program without giving additional cause for complaint to people? Because not everyone who's going to complain is going to be like some conservative, you know, like white supremacist or whatever. There are going to be plenty of people who just aren't as sold on the moral need for reparations, even if they're on board with fighting systemic inequality. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not to me. It's not about the number. I think about. I think. I think of reparations. Some people hold like. Um... Uh oh, you're cutting out, man. Hello. Oh, might have to wait a second for a friend to return. Whoop. Hello. And I can't hear you. I still can't hear you. Can you hear me? Shake your head if you can hear me. Okay, nice. Okay, well, that's that's half the equation. Here, let me rejoin the call. Maybe it's on my end. Who knows? Hello? Oh! Never mind. Yeah, Hello. sorry. I'm uh, horrible at things. Let me oh, ain't, ain't nothing. Just... This is legitimately in, like, the 95th percentile of 
call quality from people I email, you know? So I wouldn't worry. It's <laughs> it's going fine. Um, you, you said it wasn't really about a high number to you, and then you said yes. what you'd be happy with. So could you? Yeah, sorry. It, um, yeah, reparations isn't necessarily about a specific number. It's about... Um, it's it, it, I think of reparations the same thing way I think about taxes. Like some people, um, which I, you may be included in this, um, morally or anti-billionaire, like as a concept, I don't mind any of these things in principle. I just believe that taxes need to be high enough to fund the things that need to be funded. Um, like, you know, because that's what the, that's the purpose is taxes serve. Like there's something that we need and we need to collectively pay in for whatever that is. Yeah. So. I think that um, reparations will work the same way. I think that, like I said, you have a committee, you um, make a list, you know, it's fought over back and forth, and you come to some um, some general idea of the programs that you would like to see funded. And then from there, you do the math on that number. And that's that's as far as it goes. Like, if, you know, if you could technically owe more after that, then, like, you know, cut it aside. That's just extra at that point. That's you know what might be, you know what I've heard before that might actually be, like, a pretty good way of not only pragmatically but sort of civically addressing reparations mm -hmm. be kind of like a new gi bill because since uh black vets were denied access to the gi bill after world war ii which gave white americans like a huge leg up when it came to housing and you know like suburban infrastructural development that's i mean that's recent history there are people alive today who would have gotten denied the gi bill on account of being black and that way, I mean, that seems like a really solid argument. Like, there are literally people alive today who would have benefited from that. And that would have been, like, college education fund, unemployment uh, insurance, housing. You kick that off, what, four, five, six years or something? I mean, it, maybe that's not all. But that feels like a really good template, you know? It was, like, one of the ways people were given an opportunity to ground themselves, and they just flat out didn't, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and to and to be completely honest, whenever I went in this conversation with you, I, I assume this is kind of how it would go. I think I would like bring up things, and I, I'm I consider myself to be reasonable, and I feel like you are also reasonable, so I'm sure you would come along uh, with a lot of these things. I I think um the I think the larger issue, like because at the end of the day, conservatives are going to be conservative. They just they always have the bad ideas. I think my bigger issue is generally with people with people with the left as a whole and i'm including myself in the left even though like I, i'm identifies as a side them in the left usually like spits me out <laughs> like um gen like with the left whenever it comes to reparations like even even when i was reading um earlier in the chat from your community like it was like oh black people are seeking handouts and it just felt very weird it seems like the left is has has um sometimes gets pretty class reductionist when it comes to this specific issue. And it doesn't seem like we do that with other um, other groups of people. And it may be because like you have a larger, like larger, you don't have a very large like black community engagement that like leads people to feel in that type of way. Well, I, okay, first of all, I'll have you know that one time I was in a gas station, the guy came up and said he was a fan and he was black. So I'll hear none of this, <laughs> none of this, okay? Um, yeah, I, 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 make, I make no account for my chat. With regards to um, with regards to like the the sort of class reductionist approach, I think it's because in American society we've kind of at least explicitly agreed in the idea that class is one of the only demographic characteristics that it's acceptable to actually discriminate against. You know, um, mm -hmm. now obviously 
if you're disadvantaged in a in a in a means by your class, you can change that. I mean, you can't be you can't unblack yourself, but a poor person can potentially become rich. Um, but for the most part, people stay where they are for their whole lives. The, the overwhelming mm -hmm. yes, majority. Yes, this at the ends concept. Yeah, yeah. Economic, um. Like most people will be in about the same position their whole lives, and um, and for that reason, it seems like the optics of of selling these um, the, these these class based solutions. I mean, they they're always going to be stronger. When it comes to the mm, race-based even stuff, even with that concept, um, like because even with that concept, black people who do fall into the light middle and upper class are actually two th two times um, more likely to fall fall down to the bottom ring again. No, that's so, totally like, true. Well, I just want to mm, say I, I I agree with that, and it's one of the reasons why I do dislike it when people act as though racism exists exclusively through um, economic uh, axes now. Which, for the most part, that might be true, because through redlining and all that other business, it was possible to, you know, sideline the consequences of racism onto otherwise unobjectionable economic problems. But mm -hmm. it's not holistic. There are plenty of ways, rich or poor, that black folk get screwed over in ways white folk don't. Right. And I, I think because an analogy I always use is um, if someone... You know, like if we're running a race and, you know, give you a 20 yard head start. And then you say, okay, you know what? We're like, and you're just holding me back, holding me back. And then, like, you find, like, who the other person finally lets me go. And now, like, all right, now we're racing from an equal playing field, but you still have that 20 yard head start if you don't, like, address and, spe like, specifically fix that problem. Because my thing is, if you get, okay, we're going to give everybody, move everybody 20 yards up now. Well, now you're still 20 yards in front of me. I, I think that it it's important to specifically target who you want to address, especially when you're dealing with uh, um situations of people who are who are like um placed in that position. Like don't get me wrong, poverty exists in society, and I believe that I believe that like the system exists to create like a lower ring, you know, and and like a lower class of people. But like the difference with black people, which uh, black people in an American sense is like black people were systemically targeted to specifically be placed at the bottom ring. Like, you know, like white people who are poor in America are poor. Like it, it could have been anybody. It just happened to be you. Yeah, like, no, black sure. people who are in the, poor in America are were specifically like you were, it was supposed to be you. Also, there are very few situations different. where a, a, a person who is white, whether they're poor or rich, would have their lives made easier if they were black. Even if you change mm -hmm. nothing about their socioeconomic situation, in most instances, there would be a sharp decline in the ease with which they can live their life if you made mm -hmm. them black. Or vice versa, if you took a black guy and so on. Um, not always, not for everyone, but right. it, it's statistically significantly enough. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I do agree, you can't just rely on a class-based approach. It's just a matter of the political priorities you're willing to fight for. Um, right. And I guess, I, I mean, I guess these are like two separate but interlocked things, the need for justice and the need for equality. Um, mm. and, I, and I can totally get behind that. I think the goal would be, I, I, I feel like when it comes to economic outcomes, it would be possible to alleviate almost any economic disparity between the races without t policies specifically targeting one race or another. It is like in concept, if you have policies which disproportionately benefit poor people that's going to overwhelmingly help black people just because more black people are poor than other races are and i feel like if you if you take that logic and you 
multiply it along enough policies, enough approaches, eventually you could get everyone about on par. But that's not justice, necessarily. That's just, I guess, that, that would be a cleaning project that any society should engage in, no matter what. Yeah, but that's just a country's responsibility. Yeah, yeah, that's for... baseline country responsibility. That's not, like, the exceptional debt owed for, what would it be, two and a half centuries of, uh, of, of, of chattel slavery. So, mm-hmm. yeah. No, yeah, I think I think I could get behind that. I'd have to think yes. a little bit about how I would want reparations done or which ways it could be done that would lead to the best outcomes and to the least amount of political harm. But I, I think I can get behind that idea. Mm-hmm. I, and, and again, this isn't like, I didn't come on because I think you're like a, a bad guy or you were doing anything wrong. I just think that um, I know that you're like really big in these type of spaces. And, you know, for better or for worse, people do, you know, listen to, to you. People take what you say to heart. And even better. if you always say something better. that you don't, <laughs> right. But even if you don't like necessarily mean something like, because you can't always be nuanced and give like the very specifics of everything you say. And I'm I'm not going to hold you to that like account because I'm sure I stay, I say stupid stuff all the time. But um, I think whenever, whenever I, I believed as soon as it came out your mouth that you said that like, oh, you know, reparations like shouldn't have anything to do with race. I, I believe that you had this nuance in you, but I but I don't believe that that's how the audience was, is, took that. And I believe that there's some people who said like, yeah, race no. is stupid. <laughs> no, probably not. Though in, in a debate environment like that, there is obviously a limit to available nuance. Any topic discussed in that environment is going to be explored to a, a thousandth of its potential depth. And if, if mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. When it comes to talking with conservatives, I would much rather have them think like, yeah, reparations, we're going to fix poverty, you know, than try to waste like four hours explaining the moral need to, because that's the thing with, with the reparations argument, like the justice argument, they mm. will never buy that because they don't yeah. think there's a dead owed. And I could, I mean, I could spend a million years talking to them about this, but trust me from experience, I can say they won't budge, not for the most part. So maybe selling them on like a, some watered down variant of it, some yeah, reparations. We should work to address systemic poverty but between the races, you know? I'll say this much. In that environment, I was shocked. I literally, I, I, I almost commented on it live, which I'm glad I didn't, but I was able to describe the existence of systemic racism to Charlie Kirk and not get challenged on it. I couldn't believe that. Charlie Kirk mm-hmm. doesn't believe in systemic racism. Ben Shapiro doesn't believe in systemic racism. They think it's all black culture makes them poor or something. Being able to give that argument and have a bunch of conservatives hear it and not get pushed back on it, to me, that was like a, an overwhelming victory right out the gate. And then, Oh, yeah, it, definitely. Yeah, and I thought, and after that, I thought, okay, we're on reparations now. You know, can I, do we talk about like the moral weight of slavery? Or is or do do I just try to like sell it like softball, you know? And no, yeah, you got to know your audience. Like I, I actually had no issue with what you said with, with Charlie Kirk and Tim Pool because that just like stirring up the conversation. If you can get like knowing when you're dealing with a, like a large conservative audience, I think it is okay to like you know just get people on board with the idea. Like you know, start the train cooking in in their brains. Like, oh, okay, like maybe this is reasonable. Yeah. But that's, I, my, I just, my thing was specifically when you came back to your audience and when you like when never because you said like when you when were on stream later, like and you were talking about it. Oh, right. And I, I was think like, that yeah, was an opportunity. Mm. I, I am still trepidatious about it. I admit I, I'll, I'll acknowledge that the, the, the concept of accurately 
and responsibly targeting race-based programs is always going to be really rocky to me. Um, mm -hmm. But I understand the moral necessity. I, and I just mm -hmm. want to say, with regards to like the Charlie Kirk conversation and stuff, in case anyone wants to interpret me in bad faith, not a single thing that I said there was dishonest. The idea that, you know, like the idea of like addressing systemic racism and like, this is what we should do. We need to acknowledge it. We need to address it by taking hold of these economic systems that disadvantage black people. And all that stuff is completely and totally honest. Obviously, we just have to pick and choose what elements of an idea we can get into when discussing it in a format like that. I just know some people are going to interpret what I said as me going like, I lied because they're dumb, which isn't. Hell yeah, no. Yeah. All right, man. Um, oh. Yeah. No, no, it's I, it's it's tough stuff. I will I will say this. I, I I would much rather have to argue with conservatives who are on board with the idea of addressing systemic racism, but are not on board with the reparations thing than I would. Yeah, even just addressing poverty would be cool. Like well, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm opposed very to both. big on. Yeah. yeah, I was about to say like I'm very big on like ending poverty. That's one of my like that that is like a really high priority for me so even that to me that's just a separate issue which i feel like even you don't even have to attach reparation to it because i feel like that just makes it easier like i, I don't i don't think that like attaching reparations with poverty makes either issue better to me it might yeah like, it might actually make it worse too because that would mm -hmm. mean that if reparations fail to address systemic poverty it's seen as a mark against the potential for the government or for government resources to be used in that way and mm -hmm. vice versa it would also mean that people would forever stigmatize any attempt at addressing poverty or inequality as some kind of race-based program. So yeah, okay, yeah, actually, okay, yeah. I think I have to think about this a little more, but I think that, um, I think I agree with you. Okay, well, yeah, this was pretty much all I wanted to talk to you about. I'm super shocked that you talked to me. Um, this is like really random. This was like a really cool experience for me. Um, hopefully we can do talk about other stuff at later dates because i feel like you should actually talk to more black people <laughs> it's not cool. okay wait hold on hold on wait, wait wait i i resent the implication that i it's some sort of protracted effort on my part to avoid those conversations okay i bring a lot of crazies on stream and you know what most of them are white people so you can that's that's on us being bad all right that's <laughs> well, I volunteer to be your black friend in the future. When next time, next time a tactical N word comes out, like wow. send it my way. They're gonna get mad at both of us for this. <laughs> Thank you. I I really appreciate you coming on. Seriously, it's it's given me stuff to think about. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, yeah. Appreciate bringing me on. You take care. Okay. You too. Oh, can I? Um, oh plug? yeah. 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 For sure. Um. Hey. Yeah. Again, my name is Bam. Um. I have a. Uh, YouTube channel with one video and seven subscribers. <laughs> Please, somebody change that. It's on. It's called Under Black American Made. Um, oh, give me a link. Can you can you link the? Um, or I can probably. Ooh, find uh, um. Yeah, I was about to say I'll. I don't even know how to link things. I'm, I'll have my editor. I suck at internet today. The video description. Oh yeah, but um, I if I if people would actually watch my videos, I would actually start streaming and like coming a larger part of this sort of community. Um, I think. What Vaj does is really cool. Um, yeah, thanks y'all for wait. Did I find it? Talking to me. Yeah, okay. There, yeah, there it is. Okay, chat, chat has it now. Okay, cool. I'll have it in the video description. Okay. Thank you, man. You have a good day. Okay. You too.